0: I bought like a tiny three inch quadcopter and I would go to different schools like K through 12 and we'd have these presentations for science, technology, engineering, and math. And we would want to encourage students to pursue these degrees. And I would fly my little drone inside the auditorium and they thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so hopefully I would inspire some kids to pursue like a math degree or something like that.
1: Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Marcus, the founder of AeroFire Mapping, a drone service company that specializes in mapping, 3D models, and orthomosaic imagery.
0: Marcus, welcome. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. Marcus,
2: so tell us more about yourself. How'd you become into drones?
0: You know, growing up, I was always interested in learning how things worked. My parents were always mad at me for destroying my toys. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I built Legos as a kid, was always really curious and wanted to learn how things work. So when I was in college, I got the opportunity to join a robotics team. And from there, one of my team members was building a drone. And I wanted to learn how to do that. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so I got all the parts that I needed to build my first drone. It's an FPV drone. FPV stands for first person view. And basically you have these goggles and it lets you see the perspective of the drone from the cockpit. And so it kind of gives you this out of body experience. Flying the drone feels like you're flying. And so I built that drone. Uh, There's a steep learning curve And eventually I was able to make it fly and it was such a rewarding experience. And I wanted to continue on that and just try to make it something of a side business. So a couple years later, I purchased an industrial size drone, a DJI Matrice 300, and this can be used for mapping jobs. And so I kind of wanted to pursue that. And so that's kind of where the idea for AeroFire mapping came to be.
2: Oh, wow. Wow, that sounds really cool.
1: So you've
0: mentioned a couple different
1: drones, and this is going to lead to my next question, but explain the different drones to me real quick. When you say an industrial size one, I mean, size-wise, what are we talking about?
0: We're talking about like four or five feet in like wingspan. Oh my goodness. And the DJI I Matrice mean, is probably like the most industrial size drone that you can get out there. So when it's flying high in the sky, it looks small. But when it lands, it's actually pretty large. And um, (laughs) you'll be surprised with just how big the DJI matrice is. Wow. So do you have to have like
2: a license to fly something that big?
0: Yes. So you have to have your Part 107 license to fly drones commercially. So you take that test. I took a class to learn how to pass the test. But you take the Part 107 test and you get your license from the FAA.
1: Okay, so they they figure if you know know the book, you know how to do it?
0: Yeah, so it can be a little bit tricky in the beginning. You kind of have to gain some experience on your own, like flying carefully. But right now, the FAA doesn't have a flight test to actually test your skills in flying the drone. But there's a lot of drone classes out there that they'll teach you how to pass your Part 107 test, but then they'll also give you the controls to fly a drone at the same time. That's what I was able to do learning how to pass the part 107 and at the same time learning to fly and becoming an industrial drone pilot and learning like the different ways that you can fly safely. And that allows you to fly your drone commercially and get paid for flying your drone. Wow. So speaking of getting paid, what kind of jobs do you do as a drone pilot? So there's so many different drone jobs out there. One of the first ones that I was working on was for a cemetery job they wanted me to take aerial photos so they can see the occupancy on their lot. So I had to put down some GPS markers and basically get the GPS coordinates and take photos with my drone. And from there, they can stitch all those images together and get a really high resolution map.
2: Very cool. (laughs) Speaking of cemeteries, kind of side note. So there's also a lot of family history research and stuff that people go out to cemeteries and do taking pictures of headstones and things like that. Can you do that with a drone?
0: If you fly a little bit lower, yeah, you are able to get a little bit more fine detail, but this was more of just trying to get, yeah, just to get like the individual lots and where they're placed in the cemetery.
2: So have you ever crashed a drone? (laughs) I was going (laughs) to ask about like the challenges that come with flying and building your own drones.
0: In the beginning, I did crash my little hobby drone. When you're flying FPV, crashes is really part of the learning curve. When you're learning to fly in this like acrobatic mode, it's really hard to control in the beginning. So yes, there were a lot of crashes in the beginning trying to fly this little hobby drone.
2: I see. So, but with the commercial drones that you're using for aerial photos and things like that, it's not as out of control.
0: Right. With an industrial drone, it's a lot more stable flight, and you're doing a mapping mission in a pre-designated pattern. And so that pattern has to be really stable, really smooth. So when it takes that photo, it's a high-resolution imagery, you know, no shakiness in the photo or the video, and it gives you like a nice picture. And eventually, when you're able to stitch all those photos together, it can give you a nice map.
2: Very cool. Real quick, what's the demand for this kind of service like
0: so the demand is pretty high right now. There's definitely a lot of drone networks out there that you can join. One of them is droners.io that I'm involved in. There's Upsonder, Tango. So there's multiple drone networks and you can place a bid as a drone pilot on the different jobs out there. One common one is for real estate, taking pictures of houses and properties to get a nice aerial photo of the property from a pie, kind of getting an idea of where that property is located in reference to the neighborhood or the surrounding area. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of different ways
1: you can utilize this. I know recently you entered into a competition to develop a drone or something like that. Tell us more about that.
0: So I recently joined a NIST Indoor UAS competition. So NIST stands for the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And their goal is to build an indoor drone that's designed for first responders and for firefighters. And so this is an indoor drone that would be deployed before a first responder goes into a building. And the goal is to give them situational awareness to be able to locate potential victims in the building, get an idea of the situation of what's going on. So different use cases like a building collapse or perhaps a building fire. And so you want to be able to send the drone in to save as many lives as possible and get a better idea of where the pain points are, where the threats might be in the building before we send the first responder. So I applied. I sent in my design idea. It was just an idea at first and I got accepted. And so I started to get involved with this competition and I've moved on to the next stage, the design review stage. And I recently heard the results from that. And I'm in the build stage now, stage 2.2. And so now I'm going to be building my drone. I have the idea. I have the parts. So I'm just going to start building it and putting it together um, and submit some videos of me flying that drone, submit it to the design review competition judges. And if they like my idea and they kind of judge it well, I'll be moving on to the fly stage where it's actually a competition between the other contestants where we fly our drones in a real environment in a building and there's going to be first responders there people judging the competition will be there and they're going to hand out prizes like money prizes and best in class categories wow that is really cool man that is cool thank you so i don't
1: want to like get into your trade secrets or anything but what kind of drone are you talking about building here it seems like as soon as you went in there the things it's like a one use deal like it goes in it melts it's done move on Right. How do you build something for this type of application?
0: The constrained environment is what we're building for. So this constrained environment is like low light. Perhaps there's obstacles in the way. So it has to be able to see in the dark. So we're talking about a drone that has night vision capabilities and also is really easy to fly. It has to have some kind of way to either ride itself if it hits a wall and you know, it goes upside down to have like this turtle flip capability. And then it's also really helpful to have thermal capability because then you can see heat and see the temperature readings. If there's like a fire going on, you can see the heat and see where that's located. Or if you can see a person using the thermal sensors. It's all about taking the design build requirements, like night vision capability, thermal capability, reliability, ease of control, all of these things and trying to create a drone that has all of the needs of a first responder.
1: That is so cool.
0: So Marcus, do you manufacture any of your own parts or do you
1: just buy parts and pieces and put them together to create your drone?
0: I actually have a 3D printer. And so I'm actually making some custom parts for this indoor drone. So I'm able to at least 3D print some of these drones. I haven't gone into like more of the complex manufacturing, like working with carbon fiber yet, but I might want to at some point.
2: Man, I'm hearing you talk about this and it's like 3D printing, flying drones. I just found a new career for my son. Like, <laughs> he is so like into this kind of thing. I, I'm going to definitely go home and, and share this with him.
0: Awesome. That's so exciting. It's a great field and there's so many kind of cool technologies like that branch off that makes sense with building drones, like right. 3D printing, aerial mapping, and there's like software components to it too. So yeah.
2: Right. It's very broad in in the technology that you're bringing together.
0: Mm -hmm. It's actually really fun because when I was part of the Fullerton College robotics team, like I bought like a tiny three-inch quadcopter and I would go to different schools like K through 12 and we'd have these presentations for science, technology, engineering, and math. And we would want to encourage students to pursue these degrees. And I would fly my little drone inside the auditorium. And they thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so hopefully I'd inspire (laughs) some kids to pursue like a math degree or something like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure you did. If
2: you win this competition, I suppose this really could change the trajectory of that side
0: business. Most definitely. The first prize competition is actually... Pretty substantial. It's a hundred thousand dollars for first prize, oh, wow. and second is seventy thousand. And so, once you get that prize, they're also encouraging the contestants to work with first responders, so you can build this drone in a way that's feasible for them. And so, it would definitely change the game.
2: We're not even like talking about business when that's what the you know podcast <laughs> is meant to. Do you think of yourself as a business owner, or are you just having fun? Like, what is your favorite part of? Owning a business related to drones.
0: My favorite part is just working with the drones and being able to give information and the data that people need to make better decisions. First responders is a really specific use case that I'm involved in, but also just flying the drones for commercial work, getting information and mapping imagery that people need. It's really fun to fly drones and kind of be involved in this space. So that's really what motivates me, you know. It's a cool technology and there's like new use cases being developed every day. So I'm I'm just excited to be in the space.
2: Has the business side of things been difficult for you like managing finances and taxes or have you not had to deal with that very much yet?
0: Yeah, so still early on. Still learning how to navigate all of the business side, yeah. working with the tax side and, you know, having all these invoices come through and learning how to log all of that. So definitely still learning, but it's a good learning curve working in the banking industry, I feel like, has helped me a little bit with that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Is this your full time job then? Is working in this business
0: or it's actually it's part time for me. Yeah. It's a side business. Actually I'm a financial analyst during the day. I work at a, a digital bank.
1: So Marcus having a full time job and then also doing this on the side, that can get pretty consuming fairly quickly. How do you manage both of those? elements of your life?
0: For me, it's really about having a really great calendar and really blocking out parts of your time in your day when you choose to focus on one or the other. If my full-time job is taking up 80% of my calendar, and then I got to find that other 20% for my side business and talking to clients, emailing back and forth, managing the books and invoices and things like that. And so it's really about like being strategic and intentional about where you set up time in your week to focus on your small business because if that's what motivates you then you're going to set aside the time for it you're going to work you know 110 in that 30 45 minute slot that i have for my small drone business that maybe is the only amount of time that i have so you just got to make the most of those windows of time
1: okay that's cool so Marcus, as you've kind of turned this interest side hobby into a business and potentially even even more business, it sounds like it's going to continue to grow. What advice would you have for people in your similar situation?
0: I'd encourage people to you know, do your research, learn what use cases you're thinking about using a drone for. And as you learn and get better with those skills, just seek out those jobs that might not be as flooded in the market like real estate. There might be other mapping jobs that have less pilots that can do those jobs. And so you might find more success there. So I
1: see this being a potential issue in any emerging and growing industry, right? There's people who are really qualified and really good at what they do. And then there's also a lot of people that are just not great, right? If I was to go out and hire a drone pilot, how would I know which one was going to be good and which one was going to be a hack? Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's about creating a portfolio, or like a body of work, if you have some photos out there, some video kind of really showing what you can do. I feel like that's where the proof is in the pudding. Like, can this person fly a drone in a way that's safe and really shows they know what they're doing? And if you have like some mapping experience and you have some maps that you've built or some photos that you can stitch together, that would really set you apart. So creating a portfolio and being able to show that on like a resume or like show that to the client and show them proof here. This is what I've done in the past. This is how I can give you the data and the information that you need to make good decisions. So when you're
1: going out and getting jobs, I'm sure there's people that do do this full-time, right? right. How do you go out and differentiate yourself from other drones? Can you show your work and show how good it is? Or yes. What is it that really sets you apart?
0: Yeah, I believe it's really like the sensor capability, just how well your technology suits the job that they're asking for. So if you have a drone that can fly a specific flight time that has a longer flight time, or has a sensor that they really need, that really sets you apart from other drone pilots, because maybe your capability is only 20-30 minutes long, but the client needs like an hour full of video recording, for example. And so if your drone can fly that long with maybe just one battery change, that kind of would set you apart from the rest of the competition.
1: Wow, <laughs> there's a like, this is like a, a, an industry that's a lot larger than I ever assumed. I, I thought people just flew drones for fun, but you're opening up a whole nother window into everything that the drones can do. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's really amazing how expansive the industry has become. There's so many use cases in different industries and some of them have grown faster than others, right? But there's even drones that fly in caves. They're building a drone that Can fly within like a mine and it can map the inside of the mine by itself and not hit anything and like fly back to like the miner or the controller. So there's like so many different use cases that they're creating drones for. It's really amazing.
2: Okay. Well, Marcus, this is a business you've got going on, even though it sounds like a really fun, way more fun than my business,
0: that's for sure.
2: But it has its challenges. I'm sure you have long days and it's not all fun and games. Mm -hmm. What is it that keeps you going as a small business owner every day?
0: For me, it's uh, working in this technology, working in this space. It's really pursuing that passion and it interests me so much. So having this technology have a real impact for others, getting the information, the aerial data that they need, that's what really keeps me going. In the first responder space, having the opportunity to build an indoor drone that can help first responders and potentially save lives, that's what really inspires and motivates me.
2: That is really exciting. Very cool.
1: Well, what you're doing is awesome, Marcus, and best of luck in the competition.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, be sure to keep you guys updated with how it goes. It's in February where I have to submit my next drone project. And then potentially I'll be flying my drone in the competition in May. So I'll definitely keep you guys going. That'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com.